Welcome, everybody, to another episode of 21 Going On 77. I am your host, Dwight Nopal. Uh, my Twitter ad is 517-214. And I am joined by my, my super intelligent, super smart guest, SJ. Uh, that's SJ, at SJ Basketball 8. And um, thank y'all for listening to us. We here to kind of give our two cents, record another episode. This is number three, um, just to give, I guess, the audience an update. I got to keep it real with y'all. We ain't even on Apple Podcasts. And like a lot more of y'all have listened to this thing already than I anticipated this soon. So I appreciate it. Um, one of the things that's kind of been shocking to me is how many different people in different countries have listened to it. And it's like, wow, okay, I'll take it. I appreciate y'all listening to it. And I, sometimes I, I laugh to myself as I play these back. Like, I don't know why this many people find it interesting, but hey, I appreciate y'all rocking with us. And we're here to give y'all another episode. So thank you. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, SJ, how you feeling? Um, I'm doing all right. I'm feeling okay. Thank you to everyone that's been listening. Trying to get these out to you guys. And, yeah, we rock with y'all for rocking with us. Exactly. So, we out here recording uh, July 4th weekend. Some of us are been celebrating a little bit too hard. I ain't going to say no names. But <laughs> we still going to get this content out, y'all out to y'all and get this get these discussions so um i guess this is the first episode we've had where something seismic hasn't happened to the mavs so we can just kind of i guess rant about what we think the future of the mavs is going to be we're about what a month uh, a little under a month to free agency so the topic for this episode, main topic, is going to be free agency. So uh, I guess I'll start by giving you my opinion um, on what I think, wh where I think the math should go on free agency, right? Um, I know there was a, an article about Kawhi potentially being uh, my guy, KLC, Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer, posted, uh, well, made a, had wrote an article about where I guess other NBA executives think Dallas or Miami have the, the best chance of stealing Kawhi from LA. Folks, I got to keep it real with y'all. I, I don't think that's happening. Uh, in that same article, dude just spent $17.5 million on a, uh, a house in LA. I don't think dude is coming to Dallas. Um, I know there's been some debate like, oh, you know, let people dream, let people have their fun with the potential of Kawhi coming to Dallas. But I just, man, I'm not even going to waste any brain power on that man coming here because I just, I just don't think it's going to happen. It just doesn't make sense. SJ, what do you think? Yeah, I try not to get into, like, those kind of rumors that seem like pipe dreams because, to me, like, I get, yeah, you can have your fun, but it's like, okay, why are you pining, and pining over someone who is probably not coming here? Like, Kawhi's not coming here. He's staying in L.A. Like, there's no way he's going back to Texas. So, like, at that point, in, like, Kawhi doesn't have anything else to prove, like, why would he go to a team that he bounced twice out of the first round? Like, like to me, it just, it just doesn't make any sense. So, I mean, kudos to you if you want to, you know, hang on to that as, you know, your little dream or whatever makes you happy. Kudos to you. But, yeah, I'm going to stick to reality. <laughs> yeah, that that's where I'm at as well. I feel like we need to argue about this stuff more. I feel like we agree on this stuff too much, but <laughs> yeah, fam, Kawhi not it's coming. Gonna come. Yeah, Kawhi, he's just he he ain't showing up, man. Let's 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 just let that ship sail. Don't get your feelings hurt. Um, anyway, so 
as far as free agents do I that I do think we have a decent chance at um looking at our cap space you know I, I I've said in our previous episode I do think I think Josh Josh Richardson is opting out um 11.6 isn't that much money in the grand scheme of basketball um, as bad as he was, I think that was, you know, the man did have COVID. And I think at worst, a team is going to give him the MLE, which is like starts at 9.5 and can go up with annual raises of, uh, I believe, 8%. So I think a team that's a contender that has no other way of really adding talent is going to be like, hey, you go ahead and opt out. We'll give you the MLE for three years and give you the max raises we can give you. And I think he's going to take that versus opting back in and playing in Dallas or being subject to being traded wherever Dallas wants to, to send him. So I think Josh is gone. I think uh, – I don't know if Tim is gone. I know there's been rumors of – you know, him potentially going to Miami. He's from Miami. Um, but I just don't know if Miami is going to shoot their last big free agency bullet in the Jimmy uh, Jimmy Butler era on Tim Hardaway. What do you think? Yeah, that's what I, like, when I think about free agency, you also have to think about, like, who are the teams that were more likely get the big fish and the heat are you know obviously a name to watch because they have some cap space and you know they're always maneuvering to get you know the cap space that they want so I would think like my ultimate like free agent that I would want is Kyle Lowry but I think Miami would be like one of the teams that would be like you know the favorites to get a Lowry so we have to think about hey Tim Hardaway Jr so yeah you're right in saying that yeah, there's noise about, um, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. possibly going to Miami. But, yeah, you also have to think about if Miami wants yeah. to go, not all in, but the type of money that Tim at this point is commanding, it, it's going to eat into, especially since Miami wouldn't have his bird rights like we do. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit expensive for Miami. So they might want to go a different route. So. Yeah. I don't know. We we have to, you know, we, we don't get first dibs. So we have to kind of see, you know, what middle of the pack guys we can possibly get. Yeah, and not to bog any listener down into salary cap minutiae, but if you, even if, like, Miami agrees to a signing trade, that puts them in a hard cap situation to where they can't go above the uh, salary cap by it basically, you know, exactly what it says it does. It, it hard caps them. And I just don't see them putting themselves in that situation for Tim Hardaway Jr. I just don't. Uh, Kyle Lowry maybe, um, you know, maybe even a Mike Conley, a big fish. And, I, you know, Tim's our guy. He's a big fish to us. But I just don't see them doing that for for Tim, especially you know, just resign Duncan Robinson. I love Tim, but how much better is he than Duncan Robinson for all intents and purposes, you know? Yeah, not too much better. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and he's a little younger. They know him. They build him. They know Duncan can function in the Miami quote culture, quote unquote. Tim would be new to it. You know, some dudes ain't built for all that running and them body fat tests. So, you know, Tim's a worker, but you never know. You never know. So yeah. we'll see with Tim. I uh, I really don't know. If, if I had to put a prediction on where he goes, I don't know. I look at teams that have cap space. Um, man, and it's, it's not a lot. It's not a lot of teams that have cap space. Uh, you got exactly. I think it's up there in Miami. Yeah. I think for Tim, I think it's really up there in Miami. Yeah, and, and you look at it, the other teams that have cap, I don't think San Antonio is going to pay him an absurd amount. Uh, I don't even, with the guys they already got on their contract, I don't even know where Tim would play because uh, they, they have a bunch of guards because Tim's a, Tim's a guard. He's not a wing. 
God, we we ask him to be a wing, quote unquote, but that man's a guard. Like yeah. he can't guard a three or a four. He just can't. So um I look at it moving on to I feel like this dude is like the the I won't even say this person. First I'll talk to what my vision, like my realistic, perfect vision of what free agency would go go like. So as I kind of referenced in a previous episode, I think the Luca error is gonna have two windows. There's gonna be like the next two years, and then there's going to be the next two years after that. Uh two and a half to three. I think we have, if we don't win, if we're not in the finals, if we don't win a championship in the next four seasons to four and a half season, I think Luca's gonna be making his way. Is, is going to be asking out and we essentially have them under control for the next five seasons so i think we got to make some shake in the next four off seasons so i look at from uh i look at this off season let's say we get max cap slot uh we go ahead tim bounces we let tim leave uh, i think josh is going to opt out we can renounce uh not pick up uh what is it willie's team option team we basically yeah. yeah we basically just clear the decks get maximum cap space we end up with 34 million right in my world in my vision to me the best way to try to win right away obviously i think if kyle lowry wants to come that that's a no-brainer i think if you just drop kyle lowry on this team i think this team even with you know, no rim protection. I still think they maybe make the Western Conference Finals this year. Now, even with that being said, I think we got to be careful at looking at, you know, your Phoenixes and even the Clippers' success without Kawhi and saying, hey, if we just get as good as they are this year, we can have their success next year. Because I do think this year is kind of an outlier with the injuries, the compressed schedule. I don't think, I don't even know if we get a little bit better, we'll have a better record. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So, That's, yeah. It's a, to me, like the improvement, like as much as everyone wants to say, oh, it's a seven seed, you know, we go from seven to five. I think the improvement was a bit marginal than people would want to admit if we're being honest exactly yeah like objectively we went from seven to fifth winning percentage went higher but i don't i just think luca got better he added the mid-range <laughs> you yeah. know he, he he got better so that and we got better in the clutch and just that incremental uh improvement is what happened and then you know you yeah. still had teams with a lot of injuries and I think you said on the first episode, I think we were kind of a fake fifth seed. So yeah. back to what I'm saying with Kyle Lowry, like if we could get him, I think if, if we get a Kyle Lowry, just add him to the mix, even negating Tim, um, somehow orchestrate a sign and trade to where we still have the, because I think uh, even if, Kyle just sent him to us and we just sent them back like some second round picks that would still put uh, Toronto under the uh, that would put Toronto and us under the luxury tax so we would have a full MLE and then you go with the MLE you go after uh, I, man I, <laughs> this dude I've been ranting about this kind on Twitter because I really 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 I think he's better than Maxi. I made a poll saying if he was on the Mavs this year, would he be like the third, fourth, or fifth best player? You throw the bag, that full MLE, hell, he's young enough to where you can even do it for Max years. I really want Bobby Portis. I, um, yeah, he's a, he's a dog for sure. Yeah, I just think he plays really hard. He shoots from three, uh, shoots well, decent percentage from three. The other part is like, man, you know, I hate to say this. I know because this is, I guess, a negative, but I think he's more of a dog and quote unquote tougher than the, the dudes that 
we've had that have, we're supposed to play that role. We 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 know based on Bobby's history, he's with the shits, and that's I think we need that. I'm just watching him. I mean, I know it's the Eastern Conference, but Bobby has already. I mean, he outplayed John Collins head to head, like pretty much with the season on the line. And John Collins is potentially about to get damn near a max, and Bobby is literally on pretty much a vet minimal. So I think you and he's he's still a young dude. He's still a really young player. It, it feel like he's been in the league forever, but dude is only by this is uh, was his age twenty five season. So we we'll, we would have him for his age twenty six season. So a Kyle Lowry, a Bobby Portis, and I think with the money because with. Kyle Lowry, you can he because of his age, you can only give him a three-year contract. And Bobby Portis is only on the MLE. So you add those two as the main, I guess, additions, and then you just fill in the 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 minutia around the, the roster. And I think even with KP, that's the thing why I like about Bobby. He could play with KP. And if if we gotta go small, I think he can play. I think he can effectively be a small ball five a lot better than KP could. So I think that kills two birds with one stone. And, um, you know, Bobby ain't great in space, but I think he's a hell of a lot better than the other options that we have playing uh, playing next to uh, playing next to KP. Because I don't think KP is going anywhere. Let me go ahead and get that thought out there I, I just I don't think so I don't think he's going anywhere I just don't think there's any way they're going to be able to get off of him and because I don't think they're going to take a step back I know some people I've heard Kurt say this all the time you know we got to take a couple steps back to make a bunch of big steps forward I, just, I don't see it what do you think I'm just not Sure, like for especially for Zingas, like I feel like they really might, you know, hold on to him because at the end of the day, he was a big investment. You know, like at, as much as we say, Oh, um, we just gave up Dennis Smith Jr., who, you know, isn't very good, and you know, picks that are probably worthless anyway, but that's still those are still assets at the end of the day. And now we're in a you know, spot where you know, like, well, not poverty, but, like, you know, the assets are very bare. So, um, in, so you have to understand that they probably won't be in a rush to just throw away something that they invested in. So, I understand if he's here, you know, beyond, like, into the season, but I wouldn't, take that for him being safe. Like, I would still watch out for, you know, a potential trade deadline move. Yeah, I, I think we... Yeah, and it, I, I think what will happen is they're going to give him a off-season to work on his body and get it together. And if, you know, KP is good for a sneak disc. And the reason why I was out on KP because I felt like he was sneak dissing. I don't feel he was. He was blatantly dissing Luka in those games where Luka didn't play. But if you paid attention to him in the playoffs, he was basically killing Rick. He like, man, I'm doing what my coaches tell me to do. And I actually do believe that's what his coaches was telling him to do. So I think with Rick being gone, I think Jason Kidd and uh, Nico are going to try to work with him. And they're going to see how it goes this year. They're going to try to build. I think the pieces they have this year aren't going to be dependent upon KP. Does that make sense? Like, I don't think anybody they add is going to be with KP in mind for the future. I think they're yeah. going to be pieces that are independent of KP being with the Mavs because they, I don't, I think. KP probably is already letting them know, man, if this shit's going to be the same, I don't want to be here. And they're like, hey, we might help you, but your trade value is so low. We, we got to grind it out for one more season. And I look at it, you know, with a player that's injury prone like him, it's hard to trade him when they got three years left. But two years? Yeah, and plus we can start trading picks again. 
uh, yeah. next next offseason. Like, hell, you can trade the 20. We have our pick next draft. Hell, draft night, KP in the 22nd pick. So you can send that to OKC and they probably roll with it. Yeah, probably. So I think we're gonna rock with them one more year, see how it goes. And if it goes, if it goes bad again, I think they they get them out the paint. Cause like I was saying, with two years left on the deal, you know, dudes is movable. Cleveland learned the hard way, bro. Ain't nobody taking Kevin Love with three years left on a on a big money deal. Hell, they might not even take Kevin Love with two. They might have to buy him out. But we'll I see. think he's gonna get bought out. I think that's gonna be, you know, how it was kind of like Blake Griffin this year. I think yeah. he's gonna kind of be that storyline for the buyout market next year. Oh man, Dan Gilbert is so petty. I don't think he's done it before. But we'll see. We'll see. I yeah, but the relate. I feel like the relationships like. Like every season now, it's like something with him and them. Like you, there's some story. So I feel like next year just might be the same thing, and they might just have no choice at that point. Yeah. Or even like hell, I look at San Antonio because I've been looking at potential KP destinations if we do move. San Antonio, literally, they have nobody to give their money to. So like. You know, hell, they might be able to. I was thinking about them just eating KP with no money, with no salary going back, and just saying, hey, we literally have to hit the salary floor. So we'll just take a chance on KP. We ain't really giving up nothing but money. And maybe that could be a shot for him. I don't know, but I don't see Kevin Love wanting to go play in San Antonio either way. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So. Um, I've kind of given my, I guess, what a perfect, my two players, my, you know, Kyle Lowry, Bobby Portis combo, that would kind of be a perfect offseason with me. What, what you, who do you have in mind of available free agents? So my two would be... Hey, hey it can, we, you got 34 million, and then you got the, uh, you got the BA, what is it, BLE. Basically, the money we gave Boban, like three point five million. Right. So you can break that up on five people. You can break it up on two. It's however you feel. See, I wanted, I wanted Kyle Lowry. So he, he was the one we had in common. So Kyle Lowry, and yeah, okay. I was this other person. Okay, so him. This one is more theory based. Like the idea of him is probably better than what you get because he's not always healthy and that's that's Otto Porter I would really like Otto Porter on the team I think he'd be a great ad- addition for like the MLE especially since he's being so hurt I could see him you know getting the MLE but at the same time he can't stay on the court so that's why ultimately you know I'd stay away from that but just you know in a perfect world it'd be Kyle Lowry and Otto Porter Jr. And I can see him, you know, starting, you know, him and Dorian on the wings, like, you know, whether he wants to play the three or the four, it doesn't matter. But yeah, that those that those two would be my vision. Yeah, what what's crazy is like I was watching, you know, Otto Porter, I guess, film right around the trade deadline. Cause I thought I thought we had a decent chance of picking him up. And um like, dude can play. Like, yeah. I know he, when he's on the court, even as recently as this season, he can play. He just, like, you know how some dudes that are injury prone, they look bad when they do play. That's not him. Yeah. Like, when he's on the court, he looks decent. Uh, like, I almost thought he was playing so well before Chicago shut him down, before they traded him. I was like, man, that's that didn't seem something was something that seemed right because I think he had like 17, 18 points the game before they shut him down. And I was like, what the what I mean, he was balling. Like what what happened there? But I don't know. I I would I wouldn't mind Otto. I really wouldn't either. Um I'm more Doug McBucket. He'd be like the the like plan B to Otto, but like the more realistic version since you know he can play too. 
So Doug Doug McDermott would be like Plan B behind Otto. Okay, so I was to try to keep this <laughs> this joint short. I do have my realistic Plan B as well. Um, so operating under the guise of a, um, you know, we got 34-ish million in cap space. Uh, Rashawn Holmes, Dougie McBucket, and then I don't think Tim's going there, but just for shits and giggles, we'll say he is. Um, we do like a sign and trade for Tim and Drogic. Like, if you give me Rashawn Holmes, Dougie McBucket, and Drogic, especially for the money that I think all like, I think Rashawn Holmes is going to end up getting 18 to 20. I don't know. I've, I've heard people say they don't think he's going to get that much, but hell, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Let's go 18 over four. Cause this is, you know, this is his bag year. He's the contract he signs this year is probably going to be the last time he gets big money. And then you got Dougie and then you got Dragic. I think, Pretty much any of my pipe dreams involving this offseason is going to have Drogic on the Mavericks one way or another. Just even, not necessarily for the regular season, but just more. Uh, Drogic can still play in the playoffs. He plays so hard, he gets hurt a lot. But as long as you load manage the hell out of him to where he's ready for the playoffs, I would, I would, I would take that trio as much as I would take getting like a single Kyle Lowry as well. Yeah, yeah. If, if Kyle Lowry is unattainable, I, I I think of all the old point guards, I'd probably rather Drogic just because he's a little low maintenance. And yes, he gets hurt, but I I think I prefer Drog Drogic over Conley. Oh wow, that's a bold statement, is it? I know it's a bold statement, but not because of play, because of a lot of other factors as well. Yeah. You know, like with Dragic being comfortable with Luca, and I mean they're both injury prone. If we so that's basically a wash because yeah, you know Conley, right. this is another you know playoffs because last in the bubble he was missing a couple yeah. games for the a couple games for the Jazz as well in the playoffs. On this playoffs, obviously he couldn't really play until the very last game. So he that's to me that's a wash. And while Conley is better, obviously he was an All Star. I I think for what the role is, I think um, especially for the cops, I think Dragic would just be just fine. A, a little low maintenance. Yeah, something else I would say. That, yeah, I hear them fireworks now. They back there, don't. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> no, you good. Something else I would say. Something I think we need to, as fans, acknowledge for any players that are quote unquote injury prone or were injured last year, uh, last year was the most condensed NBA schedule or I would say outside of that year, uh, Mike retired the second time, I think, what was that? 899, I believe. I think it was, uh, might've been even Dirk's rookie year or second year where the games were so condensed. So anybody that was like, quote unquote, hurt or injury prone last year, I don't know if I'm really holding that against them the same way. I, I think last year was rough. So yeah, sign me up for Dragic. Like we got to get Dragic in Dallas one way or another. We got to, yeah. we, you know, I know that's Lucas guy, his countryman. Shout out to, to my guy for getting Slovenia to the, to the Olympics today, we we got to make that oh, yeah. happen one way or another. And I think at this point in his career, I think Dragic, like man, I, I'm just gonna go play with my my little brother and try to go get a chip with him and then retire. I think that's where he's at mentally. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping. Just, yeah. You know, especially I I think he still has something in him. Obviously, um, I don't think like the finals run in the bubble was like his last you know push. I think I think he has a little something in him. So honestly, I'm find me up for Dragic. That that's fine by me. Yeah, I'm right there with you. So we talked about the players or set of players that we want. Let's talk about folks that we don't want, right? 
So I've kind of went back and forth. I've leaned against this cat for a bunch of reasons. A, because I don't think if you just drop him on his team, I don't think he's good enough to be the second best player on a championship team. Um, and that that guy is DeMar DeRozan. And the reason why I'm anti-DeMar is, like, I watch a lot of, hell, we, we both, we, anybody's listened to a damn podcast from two strangers they don't know, you kind of obsessed with the NBA. And I watch a lot of DeMar, like, I watch his playoff fold-ups in Toronto. And a lot of folks is going to be like, well, you know, he he was the number one. But y'all, I don't know if y'all realize this, in, to win a championship, your number two has to show up like a number one, like th- three to four out of ten playoff games. He can't just be the number two. He has to give you 30 or 40 points, you know, every here and there in, 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 as a number two. And I look at him in his absolute prime at the peak of his powers. He had, he did it here and there in Toronto, but man, it's just with the money on the line. He just wasn't there. And then I look at what his skill set was. And, you know, I watched a bunch of them in San Antonio last year. This is where, like, I think Pop deserves all the flowers because he looked at him and he's like, man, this dude cannot, he cannot guard. He can't even kind of guard his position. So you know what? He's the four. <laughs> so we're going to play him at the four. He's guarding fours now. And we just going to work around it that way. And that actually, to me, that rejuvenate, rejuvenated his career. If you watch once that took place, man, he turned into like kind of a point four. It, it looked good. I, I came from. It did look good. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie either. I, I like the wings around him. It, yeah. With the big in the middle. It, 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 was, it was cool. But that that's a scheme that you run for a team exactly where they were, you know, kind exactly. of in purgatory. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. That's not, yeah. you're not getting away with that and winning a championship. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And to me, it's like, I just think with the money on the line, I, I, ju- I don't trust it. And, you know, if DeMar is going to come for $20 million a year, which is, you know, Tom Hardaway Jr. money, well, you know what? I'm going to throw that shit out the window. Everything I'm saying, I'm recanting it. But I don't think he's, I don't, I think it's going to take damn near a max, if not the max, to get him. And I'm just not comfortable. And I think it's going to take the max money for max years. That's four years. And Buddy is going to be 32 years old by the time the season starts. That, like, to me, and it, you know, he he has skill. He has good footwork. But all his getting to the hole and drawing fouls, that shit is athleticism dependent. Okay. And I just do not want, like, if you add DeMar DeRozan, you are basically saying, I believe DeMar DeRozan at age 32, 33, 34, is going to be good enough to be Luka Dodge's second best player on a championship team because we ain't dumping KP. And even if we dump KP, I don't think we're going to have positive trade value on that. So that's, you know, Luka and DeMar, man, them dudes, that's, that's, you basically putting your Luka Dodge's air in Dallas eggs all in the DeMar DeRozan basket and I'm just I don't think he's good enough for that I just don't yeah I feel that I just don't so I'm kind of off off him I'm off that dude unless he's coming for the low and I don't think he's gonna come to from the low I, I don't think he should I think he should go get he'll steal some money from New York and I think that would make the most sense because they actually need shot creation and they actually have the defense around him to kind of protect him. So I actually think that would make the most sense. Even though the spacing would be dis- despicable. But I don't, I, dog, I don't think Tibbs care. I don't think so either. But to me, I see DeRozan like, if you're going to get DeRozan, like, 
make sure it's a it's a clear short term thing. Like if you're signing him for like four years, you know, just this, this amount of money. I think that even if it's for the like low ish, I still think that would be a mistake. I think the Rosen has to kind of be a filler to what you want to get. Like in the short term, yes, he fixes you know some problems, but for the long term you're not I don't think you're winning a championship with DeRozan as your second best player especially uh, since the best player is Luca. like and if Porzingis is still you know in the mix you know down low I don't think that core is good enough to like especially you know the magazine in the west I don't think they're good enough to like barrel through the west and win so, uh, if anything, DeRozan should be, like, a short-term fix. Yeah. Now, if he want to come for, like, shit, one year, 30 M's, I'd be cool with that. You might even talk me into two. I just don't – I want – I look at our cap situation, and based on the guys we have under contract, if we just give out two-year contracts, man, they, you basically just going to have Luca on a supermax and like a bunch of cap space in two years. So that's kind of the way I, I look at this off season. Like I want, I want to improve right now. So if it's given, you know, like I said, I, I do think Rashawn Holmes is good enough. I do in theory think he can be a two way center and I don't think he's going to be a max max money. I don't think you can play him off the floor. And he's young enough to where I think his athleticism is going to hold up to where he's not going to be able to be played off the floor. So if you can give me like a Rashad Holmes for 18 to 20 and two short-term guys, older guys, that means we still have max, you know, we have all our picks and max space in two years. I know some people, oh, God, playing powder, you believe in that again. It's like, look, dog. There ain't no Bogdan Bogdanovich, in my opinion, no young player that fits perfect in this free agent class. You know what I'm saying? Like, this ain't 2019. I don't think this class is even as deep as 2019. It's basically DeMar DeRozan and a bunch of old dudes. And, like, the only young player that I think is obtainable that fits a need that is like a starter on a championship team is like Rashawn Holmes. And I don't even know if I feel a hundred percent on that. I just think he fits a definite thing. Yeah. I see what you're saying. The, like, I don't, I, I, I would, I'm not going to sign bad players or mediocre players that I don't think have a, I don't think it's going to create a championship team around Luca and lock myself in with them for four years or just because we, we, we want different players. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So I got to think about fit. Yeah. Who's uh who's the person you don't want? Who's your number one guy that the Mavs Twitter verse that's available that we've been linked to that you just like, no, nah, bro, I'm straight. Um, this is a while ago we were linked to him, but this, and I mean, people haven't been really talking about it recently, but I absolutely do not want them to sign Lori Markin. Like, oh. I'm sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. I am out on Lori Markin. I, I'm sorry. He's a less talented KP in my eyes. Like, that's, that's just why I see. So if we have the more talented version of Porzingis. Why would we downgrade <laughs> to Lauren Larkin? And I know people are saying, well, he's a cheaper option. So we just are switching out mid for mid <laughs> just because it's cheaper. You know what I mean? So I, I'm just, you know, no offense, but it is what it is. I don't, I don't see it for Mark, like for marketing. I think he just presents the same issues as KP. So I would just like for them to just stay away from that and try to move forward. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like marketing has missed more games than KP over the last few years. Exactly. And it's just yeah, like he's another one. Like he can shoot better, 
But, you know, as much as Tall Man pisses me off, you can literally just throw it to him in the mid post and he'll just turn around and shoot it. And he didn't make it in the playoffs, but in the regular season, that was a, you know, he can't really post up, but the motherfucker's 7-3. So literally just turning around and shooting over his man is somewhat of a decent shot. I don't know if you're getting that from Lori, you know? Like, yeah. I, I just, I, I'm just going to take my chances with Tall Man they want a three-year contract. I know it's big money, but Tall Man is here. I don't think that relationship is done. I think Tall Man really didn't mess with uh, Rick. And even though I know he had beef with Luca potentially, uh, if the front office goes looking like, hey, Tall Man going to be here probably this season, y'all got to work it out. I think Luca, as petty as Luca is, <laughs> I don't think he's that petty. I think he he wants to win. And I think especially, I've been saying this the whole time, man, if if DeAndre Aiden and Trey Young have postseason success before he does, that shit is going to burn his ass. He, he, dudes in the league, they, they compare themselves to the guys in their draft class. And we know, I know the situation is different, but I mean, the Suns were worse than the Mavs when Luka showed up. Maybe not talent-wise, but record-wise, that's just a truth. That's just a fact. And they both had a lot more success than he had. So I think he's going. I think Luca's going to be at the point where I'll do anything to win. And he, he's a beast. He already puts it on the line. But I think I think next year is going to be. I just think Luca wins MVP next year. I'd bet any amount of money I got on it because I think he's going to come back really, really focus on trying to make it happen. Um, one thing I did want to discuss, I've watched pretty much all of the Slovenian Olympic qualifying tournament. Yeah. And I thought like Luca just didn't, didn't look in shape because, you know, he's on the floor with NBA athletes. Nah, man, that dude look out of shape in comparison to his countrymen. That man just got a, he's just part of the Carmelo Anthony, uh, Paul Pierce bad body team. Like that man just ain't gonna never have cuts. I've I've reached that conclusion now. Yeah, I I think like I mean I did think like he looked a little leaner, like since he's been back. And I know like, you know, he has his personal chef over there. So I, I mean, I don't know, man. He he looked I watched I watched a couple of the um games I, I didn't watch all of them just because of the times that they were on yeah. but i watched the yeah i watched the one against you know obviously lithuania and he he looked dominant like they they just really couldn't stop him like every trip down the floor it was just in one and one like every trip down the floor they couldn't do anything with him and to me luca in like high stakes like games like he's thrives in those environments like i haven't seen him like fold in a like high six game like often Luca has literally Luca just never is gonna fall and this is where as we look at players I totally a thousand percent agree this is why like Luke you can't I, I bet any amount of money Luca's gonna win a championship I hope it's in Dallas I, I think we got a decent chance this is where I say man even if Jason Kidd and Nico are just like a B minus over the next five years, we probably gonna win a championship. Cause I just think, man, he's like Thanos. He's inevitable. Um, he he's he never folds. Like he just don't. You never gonna. It's gonna be a big game. You like, yeah, Luca didn't show up or he didn't have it. Even if even that game where he was hurt, I think it was game four. Like that was a close game. He still was doing what he could to keep us into it. It just didn't get no help. Yep. Get no help, but. But the reason I brought it up is just like physically, he does look leaner, but I just don't think Luca is ever gonna look like, you know, gonna have cuts in his arm. I just don't think yeah. we're ever going to Luca could be in amazing shape, but his his body's just never gonna reflect it. I just think he's gonna he he got he he has the white version of Paul Pierce and Carmelo Anthony. No matter what them dudes do, they might slim down, they never gonna look like professional athletes 
quote unquote. Yeah, way. as long as his conditioning is solid, I'm cool. Exactly, exactly. So that pretty much wraps up the the mass portion of the pod. Um, we moving on to the NBA finals. Um, <laughs> me and SJ, it's kind of funny because we got to start disagreeing on stuff. But me and you starting, I remember we used to get into it on the timeline with folks about like, hey, the Mav, the last team the Mavs should want to play is Phoenix. And I think me and you were on Phoenix might get to the finals. I feel like I know in my little corner of Twitter, it was pretty much just you and me by ourselves. And here we are, they're in the fucking finals. And I know they played a bunch of injured teams, but the only team I think it would have been a dramatic difference if the injuries didn't happen was uh was the clips. I do think the Clippers would have got them out the paint if Kawhi played. I do, but I don't feel like a hundred percent certain about it. It's like sixty. That's where we disagree. We finally <laughs> disagree. That I yeah, from even during the regular season, I I hoped I hated that it happened. You know, obviously this way without Kawhi, but I was yeah. hoping that we would see the Suns and Clippers in a series. I picked the Suns yeah. and beat them in a seven-game series. I, I always thought it, w- it would go to seven. But I don't know. I just felt like the Suns were just slightly more versatile. And, I mean, I think so. That's, I think that's the reason because of Aiden, too. Like, a lot, a lot, I feel like a lot of the Suns' success in the postseason kind of depended on Aiden and whether he'd be able to, you know, kind of step up you know, both offensively and defensively, and he did that. So, you know, kudos to him for answering, you know, the call. So, I yeah, we disagree there. I think the Suns still would have edged them out. The reason why I don't is the thing with the Clippers is whenever another team would make a run, Kawhi would turn the water off. He would go offensive foul, throw that arm out, get to the mid-range, get to his spot, and that he would he was good for stopping runs, especially this offseason. And I well this preseason uh postseason I should say. And I just think you know, I just think it would have been a little bit too much. And then I think you could have put, you know, sick Kawhi on because uh, I, I hate to say this man. Pat Bev had Devin Booker in jail. I don't know if it was his nose. I don't know what it was, but he had that man in jail. I so, know. It's just it's the way how Booker, book like, Pat Bev is the type of guy, and not just Pat Bev. I feel like with defenders, you kind of have, like, they're trying, they're doing what, they're trying to make you do what they want to do. So I feel like Devin Booker was still trying to, you know, do his thing, and Pat Bev was you know scouted that really well so I think Devin Booker should have adjusted and it's not all him like I'm sure like I thought he should have gotten more post touches against that because but Pabev is you know as much as he fights hard he's like what 6'1 you know Devin Booker is a legit like 6'5 you know like he's he's you know has size and weight on him so I think he should have been in the post on him and you know doing his work from there because as much as he's not like all that physical he's does have a post game so I, I I thought that should have been the counter but they wanted to take their chances you know with just playing him straight up and Devin Booker trying to take him off the dribble yeah yeah and I I, I think if you could have I think Kawhi could have I, I won't say lock up CB3 but because low-key CB3 outside of two games didn't really shoot that well but I think he could have stopped CB3 from going nuclear the way that he did. Um, at least slowed it down a little bit. So we're going to disagree there. I think the Clippers make the finals if Kawhi don't get hurt. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think the Clippers win the championship if Kawhi don't get hurt, seeing how both sides of the bracket played out. Um, I just do. Uh, I, I just feel like they, they have something there. I think if you look at if you take away Kawhi, you take away Surge, and you just took that Clippers team and said, hey, is that team going to make the playoffs in the West? There would have been a debate. They, and if they would have made it, we talking about maybe like the seven or eight seed. And they packed up Utah 
and they, you know, them games against Phoenix wasn't, you know, they won. Phoenix didn't watch them really outside of that last game. The most competitive games, you could argue, it should have been three two uh, going into that game six. So. I don't know. We're just going to disagree on that. But either way it goes, we both kind of believed in Phoenix. I feel like when nobody else did, and they are now here in the finals. Um, their opponent, the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to keep it real. I did also believe in the Milwaukee Bucks. I did. I really, really did. Like, I had Milwaukee coming out the, coming out the East before the playoffs started. But I'm not going to lie. When Kawhi was not Kawhi, uh, Kyrie was playing, and Durant was playing, and I watched that game, I think they would have lost to the Nets in like five or six. I'm just gonna be honest with you. Yeah. I do. I think the Nets would have got them out of there if they would have had Kyrie. I do. Okay. I'm, I'm, I can't. I can't fight you on that. It's just that um, I I had even healthy. I picked the Bucks just because. I mean, I. We'll say I would take back that pick and I would agree that the Nets would win. Just because I again I just overestimated the Bucks. Like I like Giannis a lot. He's one of my uh, he's you know, one of my guys. And I want to see him break through, especially since, you know, he stayed in his market despite people, you know, telling him to leave. So I want to see him win, but the team just plays a stupid brand of basketball sometimes and I just really, you know, just stupid basketball, just, you know, it, it, it gets on my nerves just because they can, it just feels like they leave so much on the table. Like they can do more with the pieces and you just feel like you're not getting everything out of them. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know if that's just bud or if that's just, you know, players clearly not living up to expectations. You know, I'm not going to place firm blame on whoever, but I just think that Milwaukee, they, they, they let, even though they are in the finals, kudos to them. I still feel like there's a small part of me feels like they still kind of disappointed me this postseason. I feel like they win in spite of themselves. And, and that's like, even against uh, Atlanta, like, bruh, uh, Drew Holiday and even Chris Mid could get to the hole pretty much at will. You know, especially as the series progresses, like, hey, dog, don't shoot no more pull-up jumpers. Just go to the hole. I promise you, something good is going to come from it. And they just didn't want to do it. They would just keep shooting those damn pull-up jumpers or swinging it to not even, like, wide-open dudes, dudes who had guys, you know, were somewhat open. And I'm just like, they, they, they just do so much crazy craziness that I just don't understand. Like you said, it's so much bad basketball that it just don't add up. And the thing with the, if, even if Giannis was 100% healthy, the thing with Phoenix, in my opinion, is they don't play stupid basketball. Like, I think they actually, they get more out of their talent than what they have, in my opinion. And when you go against a team and, you know, CP3, love them or hate them, like with the money on the line, he's going to get you a decent look somehow, some way. But when I flip it the other way, I just don't feel that way about anybody on Milwaukee, Giannis included. So that's that's my concern because the game is going to slow down. The game, it is, you know, going to somewhat be a, a half-court set and, Man, I just, I say all of that to say, I think Phoenix wins the championship in six. What do you think? I say five if Giannis can't really go. And I say six if Giannis is like, okay, to play like he's somewhat of himself. I say Phoenix in six. I just, I just don't see, you know, like them over. It just feels like it's Phoenix's year. Like to me, just the way how, you know, call me a little, I might be a little, you know, superstitious or a little, um, how do you call it, like spiritual in that way, just to think that um, I, I think it's just with all the storylines, you know, Chris Paul's first final and, you know, a little bit of irony that, you know, he obviously eliminated the Clippers to get here. 
in the fact that he's usually on the bad end of the bad luck in the playoffs and now he's you know on the you know the other end of playoff luck so I, I just think everything is set up for Phoenix to win so I mean we'll see if the Bucks can pull off I think at this point you definitely have to consider an upset so we will see if the Bucks can pull off the upset but I, I just think Phoenix is winning that title this year I think the question now is who's getting finals MVP is it going to be you know Devin Booker as you would assume or is the Chris Paul, you know, agenda that the no, media has been no, running no, with? No, no, <laughs> Chris Paul. No, listen, Chris Paul, Chris Paul, if this is a six-game series and Phoenix wins in six, Chris Paul can miss three games and they still going to give it to him. This agenda, I've never seen anything like <laughs> it in my all my years of watching. And it's not just – it's not just the uh, – how can I say this without being offensive – it's not just the mainstream uh, basketball media. It's a lot of the, I play D2, therefore I know about basketball more than anybody. And I got a couple friends in the league. Them niggas think, the, um, I got to edit that out. Them niggas think they, uh, that Chris Paul is on this agenda. There's literally only one dude that's a part of that clique that actually understand as like hey man Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden is still the best player Chris Ball is important but I just feel like this is going to be like a lifetime achievement award for Chris Ball if they win I really do and the other thing I keep thinking about the only reason why I keep doubting Milwaukee I could see Drew giving Chris problems um and I, I hate to say this I don't know if Chris's floater game is as good as uh, Trey's. I think playing a consistent diet of drop against Chris Paul is asking for doom. But they started switching. Like, I think it was uh, Milwaukee game six, and it could have been game five as well. But I know game six, at 76%. Of their defense was switch, they switched, and it's like, well, if y'all gonna start doing that, y'all got a chance against them. Y'all got I mean, a chance. Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like the best switching team was probably the Clippers, and they already kind of faced that. They kind of saw that and faced that. So I, I, I don't think yeah, that's gonna but, be a problem. But believe it or not when the Clippers like went to that primary switch, I want to say, actually, who am I? Well, I'm plagiarizing. I think it was the ringer. The ringer pointed out that when the Clippers didn't play zone, didn't play Zubac and just flat out switch, I think the Clippers only scored like 0.88 possessions, points per possession, which is flat out below average. That's the only reason. And, they brought that stat up and then they talked about how Milwaukee uh, switched more against Atlanta as the series progressed and it's like oh yeah they had to yeah it just was like if Milwaukee's gonna do that and they can hold Phoenix to a below average offensive performance they got a shot we'll see I'm still gonna go Suns and Six but I, I won't I won't be mind blown if Milwaukee wins. I just think with Giannis not being able to be Giannis, because there's players that if they had a bad knee, I'd be like, they got a chance. You know, you could just hide them defensively and, you know, they could just work out the the high post or the mid post to get their buckets. But that's not Giannis. Giannis is a, Giannis uses every ounce of his athleticism. Like he needs every ounce of it, to, in my opinion, to be effective. And I think like 80% of Giannis would actually be a, a negative, have a negative impact. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So I, I'm, I'm worried that Giannis is going to be able to go out there and, and be Giannis the way we, we want him to be. So that's, that's why I think the Suns back it up. So we'll see. It'll be entertaining. Um, I think the series starts off Tuesday, so we'll have we'll have a few games to discuss next week when we uh, do our next episode. So, yep. young SJ, that's all I got. Um, did you have any oh other God. thing you want to broach? Any other topic? Nope.
that that was it for me. Sweet. So once again, um, we thank everybody that listened to this episode, episode number three. I am Dwight. Follow me on Twitter at 517-2214. And my co-host, Young SJ, that's at SJ Basketball and the number eight. Thank y'all for listening to another episode of 21 Going On 77. And we are out. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate you guys.